Hello from the BBC. I'm Pete Ross with an update on the war in Ukraine. As fighting continues in the east of Ukraine, the city of Severodonetsk remains a key battleground. The region's governor has described the situation on the front lines as, quote, extremely tough and says the city could soon fall to Russian forces. Sergei Haidai said all remaining Ukrainian territory was under almost non-stop Russian fire. He also said the industrial city of Lyshansk was suffering catastrophic destruction. The last day and night before were very hard. Last night was relatively calm, but it is the calm before the storm. In fact, yesterday the Russian army carried out offensive operations in several directions with lots of equipment and personnel. Severodonetsk has been the main focus of Russia's offensive recently, with fighting described as incredibly fierce. Our correspondent in Ukraine is Joe Inwood. This city has been the focus of Russia's offensive for weeks now. It's an old industrial city right on the eastern end of Ukraine's territory that they currently hold. The Russians have been focusing all of their attention, their armour, their infantry and, crucially, their artillery on taking this city for weeks now and it looks like they are edging ever closer. But the Ukrainians have been holding on. They say they've had control of the industrial centre but it seems that industrial foothold is now reduced just down to this one factory. It's called the Azot Chemical Works and we understand a number of Ukrainian forces are holding out there but also a number of civilians as well. Joe Inwood in the capital Kiev. Shortly before sending his report he reflected on what life is like in the city that was once the prime focus of the Russian invasion. So just as you come to me, the sirens have started to ring out across Kiev. This is a sound that we've got rather used to now. They go off on a daily basis. For the most part, it doesn't result in anything. We've had maybe two strikes over the last month or so. But of course, it is a source of constant concern to people here. And it sets a sort of a background and reminds people that although life does feel like it's getting back to normal, this is still a city at war. Away from the battlefront, Russia has threatened Lithuania, an EU member, with serious consequences after it banned the transport of some goods to Kaliningrad, a Russian territory which is bordered only by EU countries and has no land connection to the rest of Russia. The EU ambassador to Moscow says Lithuania is only enforcing the bloc sanctions imposed over the invasion of Ukraine. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg is in Moscow. Russian officials are furious with Lithuania and with the EU over the ban on the transit of some Russian goods to Kaliningrad. They're likening it to a blockade. Today, one of Vladimir Putin's closest allies, Nikolai Patrushev, the hawkish head of Russia's Security Council, flew to Kaliningrad region. He called the transit ban a hostile act and promised that Russia would react to it in the nearest future in a way that would, he said, have a serious negative impact on the Lithuanian population. Meanwhile, Ukraine's proposed membership of the EU has been given a boost. Luxembourg's Foreign Minister, Jean Asselborn, said not a single EU country in the 27-nation bloc is opposed to granting Ukraine candidate status, the first step on the road to EU membership. The move is expected to be formally approved at a summit of EU leaders on Thursday. But joining the EU doesn't happen overnight. The process can take decades, as the EU often imposes strict criteria to be met and the 27 current EU members must vote unanimously in favour of membership. And the Russian journalist Dmitry Muratov has auctioned his Nobel Prize medal for more than $100 million. He said the money would go towards helping children displaced by the war in Ukraine. 
My country invaded the territory of another state, Ukraine. There are now 15.5 million refugees, and how one must deal with this is completely incomprehensible. We thought for a long time about what we could do, what each individual could do, and we thought that everyone should give away that which is dear to them, important to them. David Willis has more. Dmitry Muratov was forced to shut down his newspaper earlier this year after it became a crime to report on anything about the conflict in Ukraine that veered from the Russian government's line. After winning the Nobel Peace Prize in October last year, he initially decided to donate the $500,000 prize money to charity and then opted to auction off the award itself. Bidding on the 23-carat gold medal began online at the start of this month and by yesterday had barely reached half a million dollars. But it went on to fetch more than $103 million. Those are the latest developments on day 118 of Russia's invasion. I'm Pete Ross at the BBC.